0: everybody, and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 Power Star rating. I'm your host, Roo Agnew, and the doors to episode 237 are open. This week on the show, I'm going to be going over my Bayonetta 3 impressions, and we've got a brand new ghost Pokemon, which is very friendly. He's a little dog, and I love dogs. I don't know how I feel about ghosts, to be honest, especially when they drain your life force. It's very impractical as a Pokemon trainer. I don't know how you do it, but those ghost-type trainers out there, I commend you. <laughs> I hope everyone's going well, and I hope you've had a fantastic week and a great weekend. I've just come off a great weekend myself. I've actually, Well, my wife and I actually had our first getaway without our son since he was born in eight months. So it was great to sort of get out. We went to a steakhouse. It was a lot of fun. And we had uh, just a, a great time. We really did. It was a, a lot of fun. And uh, had a bottle of wine and had a couple of drinks. And they had a spa bath there, which was cool. Always like a spa bath. It was nice and relaxing. I always like putting my hands in, in front of the jets and just feel like getting a hand massage. I think it's really nice. And If you haven't tried that before, just get your hands in front of that bubble jet. What are you doing out there? But yeah, apart from that, man, just being... Just been working and doing my thing. It's been um, an interesting week because it's just been... That's wet and raining here in South Australia. It's just been been awful weather and I know across Australia it's been just really unfortunate as far as like the floodings and that's what's going in Victoria. So anybody that is listening in that part of the world, I hope you're going well and I hope that, you know, you haven't been too affected by things. Cuz even when I went to Melbourne a couple of weeks ago for Pax, it was just the roads were closed and there was a little bit going on, but things have come a little bit worse than that now. So yeah, hope you're all going well if you're in that part of the world. But um, before we get into things, i will like to go over some housekeeping. If you haven't yet, go over to youtube.com slash idruby leave a follow. I'd really appreciate it. We're at 122 subscribers, which is pretty cool. So go and check out that, uh, the video version and um, some other videos I've got planned to go up. I'm going to be doing an unboxing of the Pokemon, uh, I was about to say Sword and Shield, uh, Violet and Scarlet um, Nintendo Switch OLED model. So that'll be pretty cool. That'll be up over there. And also, if you'd like to support the show that little bit more, you can go to patreon.com slash where you can get exclusive podcasts and early access and ad-free access and all that stuff um, depending on what tier you follow at. So go and check that out if that interests you as well. So just for the Guru Geek Out this week, it pretty much was my sort of weekend away with Chantel. And it was really nice because what we are able to do is just like go out and not have to always be switched on. Because the, the thing that, you know... You know, I love being a dad. It's really it's really nice. But you're always switched on. You're always making sure you've got to know where they are. At the moment, it's pretty simple. He can't walk. <laughs> but he's starting the crawl. And, uh, like, I've got, like, the cabinet with the doors with a PlayStation and an Xbox and Switch Switcher. And it's got, like, you know, doors and handles. But he's getting to the age where he can stroll up in his walker and uh, just grab the knobs and open the doors. I'm like, oh, God, it's happening already. Eight months. So I was expecting maybe a year, 12 months in but no no he's 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 already he's already trying to claim the PlayStation 5 as his own um so yeah, just like stuff like that it was really nice just to you know let go for a night and you know being parents like all right you know it's 12 o'clock this is this is way too late for us this is 2 hours over my bedtime and um even recording this i'm coming up to 8 o'clock at night on on a sunday and i'm thinking to myself Goodness gracious, how am I? I'm going to fall asleep in exactly 12 minutes from now. (laughs) Got an internal body clock to wake up at 6 and also to go go to bed at 8. But (laughs) it is what it is. So, yeah, no, it was really nice. We we had a nice steak. and usually when I go to this place, um, this is like the place Chantal and I usually go to that we like really enjoy. If we ever get a chance to go out, this is where we go. And in the past, and this is a story I absolutely love to um, tell people because I don't know, it, it impressed me and it usually impresses people that I tell. But I must have had a day where I didn't take my lunch to work. So I was just absolutely starving. And um, then we went to this steakhouse and I'm like, oh, I'm so hungry. So I got like, um, I think... Uh, They call them fat boy chips and they're really nice. They're like basically fried chips, but they're just like big chunks of potato. So I got like a bowl of those. I got a kilo rump steak and then I got pudding for dessert. And we actually went out to the cinema after and I got um, a family popcorn and a large Coke and Maltesers and I smashed it all. And I do not know how I did that. And even um, maybe a couple of months ago, Bryce and I, we went and watched, I think it was movie was, I forgot what movie it was, but, oh, the Dragon Ball movie, yeah, I went and and watched that, and I got the biggest popcorn you could get, and my guts, man, they were just, like, disagreeing with me, like, what have you done to us for the couple of days afterwards, and I don't know how I did it back then, it's only, you know, I think the dad, the dad bod's kicking in, it's like, no, you can't, you can't just eat a family popcorn to yourself, mate, you gotta share it with the kids, you can't just eat it all yourself, and it's slowly progressing there, as I get closer to my 30s, you know, now that I've got a son... You know, it's not working for me. I can't, I can't gorge myself quite like I used to. But it's not all downhill from there. Hopefully, hopefully I got a little bit more left in me. I want to consume as much popcorn as possible because honestly, that is that is my highlight when I go to the movies. Um, some of my friends, for example, they might be like, "Hey, let's go and you know watch this particular movie," and I couldn't care less about it. But it's a good excuse to get out of the house and maybe have some popcorn. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's my uh, little guru geek out. I think um, this episode is going to be a little bit quicker than usual, just purely because of my recording schedule this week. And also, just like there's there is not much news at all. The games are coming out, and, you know, as far as uh, all the announcements and, I guess, general news, that there's, you know, not too much, which is good. I quite like, you know, that games are are finally coming out. We're actually getting to play some of them. But um, over the last week, I haven't played a whole lot. I've mainly just played Bayonetta 3. And that's typically just being because like I had a good chance to get into video games and sit down on the couch on Friday night. I, I was thinking like, oh, do I get into Persona? Do I do some Nier Automata? And they're two games obviously that I've bought and have come out recently. And I'm like, uh I I, I all I wanted to do was sit down and watch um, some stuff on YouTube. I just felt like sitting and vegging out. I ordered some Chinese food. I got a, a four pack of Canadian club and dry. <laughs> and I just watched some, um, some random stuff on YouTube. I don't know. I got my algorithm. I don't know how it triggered it, but um, it came up, came up with like how to catch a predator, which is just like a, you know, it's, it's a very, it's, it's interesting in you know some ways. It's just like, you know, these, you know, tr- child predators being caught and you know they're in like the worst time of their life, basically. That you know they've been caught and they've been questioned by uh, Chris Harrison. Was it Harrison? Yeah, Chris Harrison. And it's just, it's just, um, yeah, some despicable people. But it's um, it's fascinating to watch and kind of eye opening as well because I'm extremely naive to just like how sick some people can be. So watch the Ended up watching some of that and then I'm like watching some YouTube tutorials because they popped up and then like some. I don't know, some gaming Let's Plays. It was, it was a weird night, but I, I enjoyed myself anyway. But I finally got around to actually getting into a game uh, just on Sunday when we got home from our little uh, weekend getaway. And like, I actually really do want to get into Bayonetta 3. And just before I talk about Bayonetta 3, I do have, well, I don't have to, but I'd like to tell you guys, just be you know 100, 100% you know uh, transparent, that I was provided a launch day code by Nintendo Australia. So thank you very much to the team over there. And, you know, Bayonetta 3, it's a game that I was looking forward to, but I wasn't like dying to play it necessarily. And earlier this year, my sort of goal was to play through the first two games. And I guess um, I was thinking about it just earlier today that, you know, starting Bayonetta 1 um, earlier this year, I played it like I enjoyed it for maybe four or five hours, but it didn't hook me enough to, I guess, come back to it. And even Bayonetta 2, honestly, when I got it on Wii U back, back, God knows when it came out. I can't remember exactly what year. But I, I had the same thing with that too. Like I played it for a few hours and that was great. So that could potentially still happen with Bayonetta 3. Like I am like probably just like two hours into it. So we'll see how it goes. This is a week-to-week podcast. So we'll see if I do stick with Bayonetta 3. But... Um, just with my first couple of hours, man, I am a lot more hooked than I was with the first two Bayonetta games. And that honestly could be because like, I've, I have looked into the stories of Bayonetta one and two, and I'm like, that's actually really cool. I actually really liked what they do with the stories. and want you break it down because with these games, there's so much flashy sort of stuff going on that may, you may, might be a little bit distracted. And if you don't learn the, uh, I guess the combat systems, Um, It also might be a little bit confusing, but I seem to pick it up pretty quick in Bayonetta 2. And yes, I did play a little bit of the other two games as well, going through the tutorials and how the basic game works. But jumping into this one, I felt a lot more comfortable um, getting into it. And I'm really sort of enjoying just like the wacky sort of, you know, the characters and everything that's going on. The set pieces are just over-the-top, extravagant. It's really fun just to watch. And when you're actually getting into the gameplay as well, it's uh, it's a lot of fun doing the combos and everything. But I guess, you know, some people out there, they might not know what Bayonetta 3 is because, you know, Bayonetta relatively is a sort of a niche uh, franchise. So, you know, Bayonetta, it's a a game made by Platinum Games, obviously the third game in the series, and it's it's an action game. It might be similar to, you know, Devil May Cry or um, other, you know, combo-based action games. But there's a lot that you can do. You've basically got three buttons that you can interact with. You've got your range attack, your fists, and your kicking abilities. And you can also jump around and stuff too, and different combinations do different moves. So um, I've sort of been playing around with some basic ones, just the ones that they have in the pause menu that, like, you know, oh yeah, kick, 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 then yeah, kick, 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 punch, punch. And then there's like different timing that you can do different moves as well. So really interesting. Like, I can imagine just like mastering this. Uh, combat system, you would be able to do some just unreal stuff, which is really cool. But what really interests me, actually, about the game, I was looking at some interviews from Nintendo Life a little bit earlier today as well, and I don't think there was anything like super noticeable to bring out of it for the show, so I'm not going to bring it up as a news story on this podcast. But what I found really interesting is like one thing that um, the team said is that they're in debt to Nintendo Forever for actually getting this game off the ground and, you know, getting it developed and published on the Nintendo Switch. I thought that was interesting. But also that this game went into production after uh, Scalebound was cancelled. So Scalebound was a cancelled Xbox One exclusive, funded by by Microsoft, but obviously something within the relationship went horribly wrong, whether it was Platinum Games. Because Platinum Games does have a shaky sort of development schedule. You know, there's a lot of uh, hits out there. There's Bayonetta, there's, you know, just... You know, Astral Chain. Like there's a lot of like awesome, awesome action games out there. But they also made like you know, like the uh, Avatar Korra game, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. That wasn't too good. And some of the licensed stuff, you can tell that they just sort of ship it in. <laughs> but Scalebound, I that was a game I was heartbroken was cancelled. And there's so many levels of why I was just devastated. Scalebound was cancelled because when they first announced it at an Xbox press conference at E3, I was all about it. And it was just a cinematic trailer, but it was this cool looking dude similar to Dante from Devil May Cry, the one that, um, <laughs> that a lot of people don't like. But, you know, he just had a really cool uh, attitude about him and just like all the dragons and the combat. I'm like, this game looks awesome. And then later on, I find out that the protagonist's name was Drew. And I've never, ever, ever come across a character in video games called Drew. And I'm like, that is cool. I just felt like it was calling to me. Like this game is just 100% me. And I was following it, all the updates. I thought the game looked awesome. How you're running around just like this dude with like Beats headphones, this big sword. You got this dragon by your side. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Heavy metal music. I'm like, man, this game looks awesome. And, you know, I remember seeing the IGN headline be like, you know, Scalebound's been canceled. I was like, man, that sucks. But playing a couple of hours of Bayonetta 3, and I know this was in the trailers and the previews and all of that, I have ultimately stuck away from them because I didn't really need to, uh, you know, get spoiled or get all the information. I was going to get this when I played the game. But seeing, like, the demons that you can activate through, like, you know, um, your abilities, you hold in the the left trigger and as you're holding that in, you're basically controlling a certain demon that you've got And so far, I've progressed through the game. I've unlocked three demons. I'm sure there's a few more or many more. I don't know how many demons are in the game, but they all feel different. I've got one which is like this big sort of dragon beast. Another one that is uh, this basically this lady who's pretty cool. And I've just unlocked like this fire demon spider, which can like crawl around the map really quickly, um, shoot out little mini spiders that explode. And oh, oh my God, they're so cool. And... I was sort of playing it. I'm like, oh my God, like the DNA from Scalebound has just transferred over to Bayonetta 3 just perfectly. And I I never really thought about it. I remember seeing at E3 how they did a big Bayonetta 3 trailer. And I've actually just gotten to um, that place now, which is actually pretty cool to see. But it was, I was like, I never actually thought of it that way, especially since like, you know, Scalebound gets canceled and Bayonetta 3 gets into, ve- into development and they use some of those mechanics and ideas in Bayonetta 3. You know, a series that is, you know, relatively well-established that won't get cancelled by Nintendo most likely unless they really, really muck up. Um, yeah, I was just really impressed. And I think um, that sort of, that difference that they put into the game, it's, it's drawn me in so much because, you know, Bayonetta is all about scale. You're fighting these huge gods and all that. But now you can sort of, you know, a lot of them, I can sort of meet their scale. I'm like, oh, my God. And I just hold in the button, choose what demon I want to fight alongside. And then, you know, I've, I'm have i using that. And they've all got different abilities. You know, the dragon, for example, he can like latch on and just like smack them side to side, you know, um, just crunch them down. And then the sort of the, I, I, I forgot the names of them, sorry, but the lady for... Uh, <laughs> I don't have a better term than that, but she like, you can do a certain combination and of a uh, button prompts and eventually like sends out a love heart and it immobilizes your enemies, which then you can like do certain combos and um, really use your advantage there, which, you know, I think is uh, just a great addition to the game. I really enjoy summoning the demons and using them because apart from that, like I can't tell a whole lot of difference between the actual gameplay. Um, I'm sure that, sure it is there. I'm sure Bane Earth fans out there Um, you know, can tell me all the minute differences that they can feel and maybe new combos for Bayonetta and her friends in there. But um, yeah, I'm really impressed with that aspect of the game. That's probably what stands out the most. Um, But story-wise, I think also like someone like myself, I've dabbled in each game. I have looked up the storylines and what happens in the Bayonetta series. Um, But Bayonetta 3, honestly, if you haven't played any of the other games, I think you can jump into this. You might need a bit of a background to be like, all right, who's this side character? What is actually, you know, what is Bayonetta? <laughs> like, she's a witch, like. But apart from that, like, you know, what she's doing, you might have to go and look up some stuff because Bayonetta three, there's no like previously in Bayonetta or anything like that. But I think uh, I think you can get there because ultimately there is like a brand new bad guy that you're gonna take down. Um, but maybe just um, a little bit of research into some of the characters and all of that. So yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with Bayonetta three. I'm gonna keep playing, um, and honestly, I'm kind of like I was like, all right, so got to record the podcast tonight, otherwise it might not happen this week. But I really just wanted to sit there and play Bayonetta three. Still, I didn't really want to uh, have to have to do too much else. So yeah, I think um, I can't wait to play more. But I, I remember saying last week, like you know, I want to do you know Persona five, and a couple of days went by and. I was thinking to myself, like, if I start Persona 5 and I'm going to drop it, like, in a couple of days <laughs> because of uh, Bayonetta of 3, and Bayonetta of 3 is going to be, a, like, it's certainly going to be a lot quicker game. So I think my idea for my backlog or my... It's not even a backlog at this point, but, like, my current game log is that I'm going to get through Bayonetta 3 and um, start tackling Persona 5 Royal on Switch and then maybe some have some smaller projects on the side to get through. Um, I was playing with my eight-bit dough controller today. I'm like, I really want to play a platform or something with this D-pad. I just every time I pick it up, I'm like, I need to be playing like Mario Brothers or going back to some SNES game or something. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm just really in the mood to um, get back and play some Bayonetta three and check out some other stuff. I've got I've got plenty on my Switch. I've got the terabyte SD card and man, that's just a uh, Makes me regret. <laughs> regret. Well, it doesn't make me regret anything, but it's like, I've got a lot of games to play. But um, it, it seems like a, a lot of reviewers have been enjoying Banana 3 as well. It's scored an 88 on Metacritic as far as the average goes across um, the game reviews. And a lot of people are, you know, really enjoying it. And um, even like, I guess, on the technical side of things, um, Digital Foundry have actually, you know, they've sort of come across like, you know, I guess the Switch is shortcomings as far as uh, I think it outputs to 800p um, docked mode and, you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but, you know, it's not full HD or anything like that. And that that's, that is the strange thing about the Bayonetta series. And I've been thinking about it because typically like a Nintendo franchise, just say Mario or Zelda, um, the transition between like Wii to Wii U, you could see a, a noticeable difference. Uh, especially the, just going HD, like Mario Galaxy to um, Mario 3D World, the, the HD made it just that much crisp and more vibrant. The characters and the the colors just come to life. And then the Switch Mario Odyssey, like it just like you can see a progression. Even though um, I guess the the power between each console was relatively the same, really. But with Bayonetta, it's it's a series that's been stuck in time visually. It's really quite strange and. You know, playing Bayonetta 3, I would say that its weakness is its graphics, not its presentation. Its presentation is just spot on as far as everything goes. But it is funny because, like, you know, Bayonetta Bayonetta on, like, Xbox 360 and, uh, I guess, PS3. The PS3 port back in the day was awful. So if you really wanted to play this game when it came out, you know, Xbox 360 was the place to play it. But then... You know, obviously, only having the sequel on Wii U, the Wii U wasn't, you know, wasn't any more powerful really um, than any of those consoles. So it didn't really progress graphically. And now the Switch, the Switch is basically the same power again. You know, we didn't really have a big sort of um, graphical tune-up as far as those consoles go. So you know, Bandit Three it's kind of similar in some ways to how the original looked back when it came out. Um, which is just a a weird observation because like a lot of other series haven't really been, I guess, stuck that way just through technical limitations. Even Nintendo's own franchises, like you compare Kirby the Forgotten Land that came out earlier this year. That, you know, just through the nature of that game being so cartoony and colourful, you you can see a massive difference between Kirby games on Weave and I guess, you know, not really that many on Wii U um, apart from that stylus game and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you can see a massive difference between just like Nintendo's own franchises, but something that's a little bit more realistic, even though Bayonetta is not realistic looking at all. Uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's been stuck in that way for, for a little while. And, um, just my last point on Bayonetta three as well. Um, Jennifer Hale, obviously the new voice actor for Bayonetta three, um a lot of controversy you know and it's just been changing every week I've been talking about it so I'm not going to talk about it this week um some more information coming out has been been a little bit <laughs> been a little bit sad as far as that goes I think uh I think Helen has done sort of a, a disservice to her voice acting community for you know not being upfront by a lot of the details which is unfortunate and some other sort of details about the I guess the charities she was sort of suggesting you put your money towards. And no, I'm not going to bring that up. That's not that's not the place here for a Nintendo podcast. But, you know, it's a, it's a little bit disheartening. But Jennifer Hale, man, I don't know. I, I haven't sat there and listened to Helena's voice acting and then Jennifer Hale's, but she does a great job as Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3. She really does. And personally as like a, I guess, a very flaky <laughs> Bayonetta player, I, um, I can't say I, I notice a difference. And even in the trailers and that, before all this controversy happened, I couldn't be like, oh, has the voice actor changed? I don't know. But um, yeah, we'll find out a little bit later, I guess, so I'll, if I go back to the first two games. But yeah, man, this is this is definitely a, a pickup, I reckon. If you're into action games, Bane Out of Three is pretty cool. And even if you haven't played the first two Pick up Bayonetta three. Do some research, just like all right. What's the backstory for Bayonetta and the cast of characters, and what sort of what's happened? Um, just a bit of a Wikipedia read or something like that. That'll get you up to scratch. Because um, I was a little bit worried about that as well. Being like, all right, am I going to be able to get Bayonetta three? Like, there's a lot of lore. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, but I've noticed a lot of people that are also excited about the game and playing it on, in my, uh, like, Twitter circle. Everyone's saying, like, what the hell's going on? I don't know. Yeah, it's just fun. <laughs> so just play it like that, man. Like, it's all good. Like, even, like, Devil May Cry. I love Devil May Cry. I think it's wicked. And, um, you know, playing Bane Not Bane playing a... Devil May Cry 5. Pff, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but it's cool. And it's fun. It's got awesome music and there's a lot going on. And uh, of course, Bayonetta, you get the you get the pleasure of uh, seeing some some sexy lady in your action game. You don't have that. You don't have that very often when it comes to a Nintendo game. You get some Fire Emblem, but they don't get that naked. They don't get that naked. Bayonetta gets very naked. There was there was a point where I was like, oh my god, <laughs> she was just she was just naked. But they don't put any details on the you know the crevices and that. It's just just flesh colours. all oh, right. What's going on here? Anyway. Cool game, cool game, cool game. (laughs) Uh, Let's jump into some news. So this is a very light news roundup and um, this is actually pretty cool. I was actually really happy to see this. We're obviously getting a lot more information about Pokemon Violet and Scarlet under a month to go until the release of the game, which I'm very much anticipating. Um, In saying that though, this is probably the least excited I've been about a Pokemon game. And I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's because Pokemon Legends Arceus came out earlier this year. I've already had a really awesome Pokemon experience within the last 12 months. I don't know if it's because I've got a lot going on with a brand new Sun and that and my mind is just focused elsewhere, or I'm just not that excited about what I'm seeing. But that third option, I don't think that's it because I think they're doing everything I want because truly when it comes to Pokemon, I'm just like, I want to explore. And this is exactly what they're, they're literally telling me, please go and explore. <laughs> we, that is what this game is all about. So I don't think it's the third option. I think it might be the second option, but when the game comes out, man, I am going to be, my switch is going to be in my pocket and I'm going to be drawing it out whenever I can. But uh, we've got a brand new Pokemon, which is a ghost type dog Pokemon. Uh, Cruel uh, Grivard, which is I don't know, he's so adorable. I saw a my first um, sort of time seeing him. I think Jamie Penning actually posted uh, the trailer in the Discord, and it just came up with the thumbnail. I'm like, oh, they got a, oh, they got a dog. I, I you know you know what I'm like with dogs. I love I love them so much. But uh, reading from the Pokedex description, Grivard has such a friendly and affectionate personality that uh, paying it even the slightest bit of attention will make it so overjoyed that it will follow you wherever you go. Of all the Pokemon residing in the Paldea region, it is known to be especially easy to be- uh, befriend. However, Grievard will slowly, <laughs> uh, inadvertently ab- ab- absorb uh, the life force of those around it. So it's best not to play of it too much. And I don't know, <laughs> this is, this actually bothers me so much. Looking at like the, I guess like the cinematic uh, trailer where they have someone like going around, they see a Gengar, like, oh my God, what's that? And they see like a Whitlick, oh my God, what's that little ghost candle? God, oh, terrifying. Then they see this Pokemon, oh, look, it's a little grievard. Oh, oh, and then they slowly like feel like they're dying and they faint. I'm like, That sucks. Because like you guys, I often imagine myself, what would it be like if Pokemon were real? And if I was in the Paldea region, oh, I'm going to get one of these 100%. And this could be like a middle evolution and it could evolve into just some monstrous, disgusting, scary Pokemon. Or this could just be a, like a single evolution and this could be just what it is. Something similar to like Mimikyu. Or, uh, or another Pokemon, I don't know Lapras. <laughs> this could be my Lapras of this generation. Um, so yeah, man, this might be one of my favourite out of the the newly released Pokemon. But we actually I actually got a question from my good friend Josh of uh, Nintendo and uh, he's got a Pokemon related question that I'm uh, keen to answer. So Josh, fire it away, mate. Hey, Drew, it's Josh from Nintenvania. My question this episode is about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. What are the Pokemon you're looking to have in your six and for what reason? Yeah, so this is something that I haven't sat down and planned because in a brand new play for a Pokemon, I never actually want to be like, all right, this is what I'm getting. If there's something that I really like the look of, I'll make sure I get it. And the easy one to start with is like, what start are you picking? Are you, speak, are you picking Sprigatito for Coco or Quaxly? And for me, is it was for Coco as far as just like my first impressions. But Quaxly quickly drew on me. So um, I'm really, really looking forward to getting Quaxly on my team and checking him out that way. And I'm not sure if you have to have one of the legendaries on your team, whether it's Coradon or Moradon. Um, obviously you ride them around they're your main sort of uh, vessel of transport whether it's flying or swimming or running or whatever um, so I don't know if I have to have one of them on my team but just for the sake of this, say uh, you do I'm going to put my on on my team I'm a, a Violet man, I'm going to get my Pokemon Violet and honestly I reckon Grivard is going to be on that team as well just uh, so adorable, love dogs, I love the concept um, just hopefully it doesn't drain my life force too much. Um, then we got <laughs> we got Wigglet. I reckon if I come across Wigglet at the right time in my playthrough, I reckon I'm going to pick him up. I reckon it's just so funny. I love that it's based off of a classic Pokemon being Diglett. Um, but he just reminds me of a, of a piece of spaghetti that you want to suck him up. Or he might remind me of a tapeworm, which is uh, something you don't want to suck up. Because they will live inside your your belly and make you feel sick. Um, but yeah, wiggle it. And then we all got um uh Faraferig. Is that putting is, handy pronounce it? <laughs> F- Far I don't know. Um but I think that's a really cool concept for an evolution of giraffe rig. I reckon just the idea of like the tail like consuming its head is is quite a cool idea. So we'll go for one of them. And looking at some of the other ones, we've got like Quarf. Um, uh, uh, we got Lechonk which is it's interesting I don't know I think this is going to be a normal Pokemon at the start of your adventure so it won't be anything too interesting we got Paldean and Wooper Pormy nah no, I don't reckon let's go back to some of the older Pokemon that have been confirmed for the game so I'm interested to see what we got so we got the Eevee Evolutions I don't know if- I mainly want to go for new Pokemon, but we got like Tyranitar in the game. Tyranitar has always been a favorite of mine. Um, got Solomance in there as well. Let's not go older Pokemon. I'm, I'm looking at the older Pokemon. I don't really see any any benefits to doing that. Um, all right. So let's uh, put Smoliv on there and and we'll put Lechonk. Why not? So that's my, that's my party. we got Quaxly, which will obviously evolve. We've got Maradon, which will just absolutely dominate because it's... It's in the Uber tier. We've got Farafarig, We've got uh, Grievard, Lechonk, and Smoliv. So yeah, that's my team. (laughs) Come and beat me. Have I uh, just accounted for type advantages and all that? No, I have not. No, I have not. (laughs) So wish me luck. Next up, I've just got the story from gamesindustry.biz. And it's just about the Zelda wiki and how it splits from fandom Um, to regain its independence. So let's read through the article and then we'll discuss it from there. Uh, A long-running online encyclopedia dedicated to the Legend of Zelda game series has separated itself from owner fandom due due to conflicting ideals. Uh, Zeldapedia was made in 2005 and remained an independent entity up until 2017 when it was transferred to Gamepedia. Fandom acquired Gamepedia in the following year. In a statement, the Legend of Zelda wiki editor-in-chief said that even after the transfer and acquisition, the site sought to continue its mission of creating an, an editorial independency, high-quality wiki operated by fans, but added that, We have come to believe that these ideals are incompatible with fandom. Uh, uh, following fandom's recent buyouts and questionable staffing decisions, we feel we have no choice but to do our part and keep the internet free from corporate con- uh, uh, consolidation the post continued the statement also urged other wikis under fandom to detach from the owner and encouraged fandom employees to unionize we can keep the internet free from homogenizing control together but it must start with us that the post concluded uh, fandom recently acquired a number of gaming brands including gamespot giant bomb and metacritic it also sold off role-playing resource dnd beyond earlier this year to haspro uh, which uh, it acquired from Curse in December 2018 along, alongside Gamespedia. Um, gamesindustry.biz re- reached out to fandom which it said would not be providing a comment at this time. So this is just a, a little bit of a tidbit as far as like the overarching I guess games industry and how I guess an outlet that you very may well have come across if you're ever stuck in a Zelda dungeon or anything like that that you probably would have come across uh, Zeldapedia. As far as yeah, uh, just checking out the characters, the lore, and all of that, it's a, a great resource to come across. But um, earlier in the month, or a few weeks ago, I can't remember. Like like I keep on saying, time doesn't exist to me <laughs> at this point in my life. <laughs> but uh, like a Phantom, they came and bought like a bunch of um, games media um, places, and you know stuff like Gamespot. Honestly, I feel like they've always been irrelevant to me. I remember when I was really into IGN and IGN podcasts, I went and had a look at some other outlets. I'm like, what podcasts and what content do you offer? Because I'm I'm looking for some more. And GameSpot really just never had it for me. And even now, they've never really been a a place that I went to. Uh, Giant Bomb, obviously a great, used to be independent place. (laughs) Definitely not now and... Um, obviously they've been bought by Phantom, fandom and I guess the biggest one that they did pick up was Metacritic, which is interesting because, yeah, Metacritic is a just a just a, a, gr- a great resource just to get a bit of an idea about the over- overarching sort of thoughts on a game. Um, obviously, you never just um, look at the score and say this is exactly what it is just because it's on Metacritic, but it's a good sort of ballpark figure to go and have a look at. But it's interesting that yeah, that some of these wikis actually have the, the power just to remove themselves um, from Fandom because Fandom it was it did start off just as gaming wikis and they're branching out to you know get more companies and um, all that within within their within their branch. So um, yeah, I guess you know keep checking out uh, Zelda Wiki or Zeldapedia. You know it's independent again, so awesome. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild 2 or Tears of the Kingdom now, uh, you'll pick it up next year and you're like, where the hell do I go? Where are the shrines? How do I get this item? You might come across Zeldapedia. So yeah, go check that out. And uh believe it or not, that is that is the news that I've pulled out this week. Really not much <laughs> going on. Like I said, the games are coming out, we've gotten gotten some great ports. Um, we've got uh you know, Mario Plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, and now Bayonetta Three. And now we're sort of just waiting for Pokemon, I guess, and they're the main heavy hitters from Nintendo uh, for the year and yeah, that's exciting stuff. But um let's move into some red coin releases, talk about a little bit what's going on as far as games that came out this week on Nintendo Switch. So let's get into it. First up is Bayonetta 3, which we talked all about. You can get it for 80 bucks on the Nintendo eShop. And the description is, The witch is back and more powerful than ever. Bayonetta struts through multiple locations in an all-new, over-the-top, climax action game for Nintendo Switch, sporting a wicked new assemble and somehow familiar Pigtails. The, the titular uh, Umbra witch must face a mysterious evil using her signature guns and time-slowing witch time ability, this time invading man-made bioweapons called killer uh, find themselves in Bayonetta's crosshairs. If I pronounced the enemy right, I do not know. Um, next up. We got uh, Dire Vengeance. And I was actually provided the code for Dire Vengeance. Um, Someone reached out to me and said, would you like to try it? And um, yeah, I'll uh, report back to you next week. But let's actually read what this game's about. Uh, So we got depraved uh, cultists have opened a portal to the Dark Realm and a demonic invasion has begun. Pandora uh, ventures into the depths of hell to slay the dark powers who threaten to conquer the World of Light. Collect soul orbs to upgrade your abilities and uncover arcane weaponry hidden (laughs) uh, previously in the deepest dungeons. Run, jump, and slash your way through uh, frozen wastelands, lava-filled chambers, and living caverns made of uh, petrifying flesh um, as you do battle with hordes of condemned monstrosities. Defeat the many... Uh, masters of each stage To reach the final showdown With the devil herself So one of the features here We've got gorgeous hand-painted sprites Flexible power-up system 20 unique sub-weapons Over 60 unique enemies And 21 challenging bosses Wow <laughs> Yeah, she got a reaction Well, oh, 21 bosses That sounds, sounds intense uh, un- Unlockable bonuses Including Um beastry in a boss rush mode nice demonic um mckenza demonic platforming obstacles that will push your skills to the limit right. i'm just yeah i'm just like yeah sorry i just zoned out there for a bit so yeah it seems to be like a metroidvania to me that's what it looked like when i first looked up the screenshots so i get it for 21 bucks on the australian eShop. looks pretty good can't wait to uh, actually play it got it loaded up ready to go and uh third and definitely least, we got Horse Club Adventures 2, Hazelwood Stories. And this is sixty bucks on the Australian shop You know, I hope it's a, I hope it's a quality title. The description reads Saddled Up <laughs> Saddled Up and Away, ride together with the girls from Horse Club and discover a colorful world full of adventure. Are you ready for more adventures together? It's autumn in Lakeside and Horse Club is waiting for you. Ride off right off with friends Hannah. Lisa, Sarah, and Sophia, and let them show you the small town of Hazelwood. The uh, loveliest photos are are wanted for a contest. There, you will find the best photo uh, mot- uh, mo- motives uh, together, and your and on your horses? Question mark. It's not so easy, but luckily you meet up with lots of friends who help you, and afterwards you can play out. Um, a wide variety of stories with them, helping out at the riding stables, taking photos of birds, finding hidden treasures, apart from the thrilling main story, or thrilling, Jesus Christ, uh, and diverse experiences await you too. Demonstrate your skill at elegant stressage on the dusty western riding grounds in fast-paced obstacle, uh, obstacle course races, herding stubborn livestock, and pop and gallop while trying to improve your high score. So I don't know. I've had enough of reading that description. Let's um, have a look at what the game is. We've got some nice, vibrant graphics. It doesn't look awful. Um, you know, that, that screenshot, might... might yeah, the ground looks a bit, a bit me. I don't know. I can't. I can't tell. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a horsey person. This also seems like it's uh, very much put towards a maybe uh, like a young girl as well into your horses, like saddle club. And a little bit biased as well. I don't know. If you're if you watch Saddle Club, if you're someone around my age who lives in Australia, I got no idea about um, the rest of the world if Saddle Club was in your part of the world. But Saddle Club for me it was one of those shows when I got home from school, I sat through it and I was waiting for something awesome to come on. Maybe fairy odd parents, maybe Thomas the Tank Engine when I was a bit younger. But Saddle Club really wasn't it. And There'll be no way that um, I'll pick up this game for 60 bucks because I don't have a little girl and I am not a little girl um, and I've never really been into horses. I think horses are cool. I think they, I think like, you know, you, you, you Google horses on Google Images and like those things when they're going nay, but they're caught like with their lips just going nuts and their teeth just like pointing out. I reckon it's hilarious, but we're not going to get any of that in this game. <laughs> oh dear. So let's move into Sakurai's phone booth. We've got a couple of questions that I'd like to get into. And uh, I've actually got one I'm really excited from, from Wacko Jacko. I don't think it's a question. I've got no idea what it is. Um, I just got, I, I made sure that I'm going to react to it on the show itself. So uh, Sakurai, made take it away. Konnichiwa. Dai Smash Brothers Director, Sakurai all right, so the first question is from Luke. Luke, take it away, my friend. Hey, Drew. I know you said you were going to play through Persona 5 soon, which will probably take a while, but I wanted to know if you had reconsidered or had any more thoughts on playing a Xenoblade 3. So it's my game of the year, and so I think it is incredible. And, like, if you play it on easy and kind of mainline it like I did doing minimal side quests... Can only take about you know a bit over sixty hours, or if you really get into it, you can like do a hundred and fifty hours if you do all the side quests and stuff. But yeah, the game is really, really, really good, and I know uh, Bryce was really positive on it. So yeah, just wondering if you had reconsidered playing Xenoblade Three at all. I don't know. I haven't reconsidered playing it, Luke. But when I when your question came in and I had to listen to it beforehand, I'm like. Man, I really should. And, like, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is definitely one of those games that I really would like to play. It's just, it comes down to a time thing. And especially when it comes to these big long games, I've actually got some other games that I'm really, I guess, I would prefer to get into those before I do Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And honestly, I think I was thinking about it. Like, I wanted to play, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 before getting into 3. Like just build up the world, the law, you know, my knowledge on the series before I get into the third one, but I think um the third one from what I what from what I've been hearing, I think typically you can just jump into it. You don't have the concept of like just everything that's going on, but when it comes to the story of like the two parties, the different sides coming together, and just the conflicts that they have, and the interesting sort of story how it's set up that the soldiers they only live 10 years and how they come to terms with like their own death and all that it sounds really interesting i'm actually you know listening to certain podcasts and you know youtube content and that about the game over the last couple of months it's definitely it's definitely piqued my interest and like you said you know bryce he loves this series it's probably one of his most favorite nintendo series and like the the, the, basically the idea was all right you know you can handle the coverage for Blade Chronicles 3. And uh, I don't know, he didn't come back. <laughs> uh, but he finished the game. He really enjoyed it. He, uh, I don't know, how many, how many hours did he take him? I think it might have taken him 60 something hours to get the main story. And I think he, he sort of um, went through it as quickly as he could purely because he didn't want spoilers. I think he came across some questionable story spoilers on YouTube just through thumbnails and stuff. And this is a series he's been playing for a long time. So he didn't want any spoilers. So he got through it nice and quickly. But I think for me, this this is what I'm thinking as far as like my lengthy JRPGs go. Like I said, I want to get through Persona 5. That's going to be a long game. That honestly might take me, God knows how long that might take me. Um, it might take me a year. It might take me two years. <laughs> just as, Just playing on the side with other things going on. But also like, you know, Atelier Riser 3 also comes out early next year and I'll be playing through that. And um, then honestly, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, that might be a title I might pick up after that. But as far as like, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, it, it was a tough thing for me because I always play every Nintendo game that comes out. And that was that was like the one that I just didn't touch. Um, there was a Kirby's Dream Buffet. I guess you could count that. I didn't pick that up. That's a 20 like a $22 game. That you know, I just didn't have any use for. I didn't really, I, yeah, didn't. <laughs> I didn't have a multiplayer need as far as just rolling around as a Kirby. But it's definitely on my list of JRPGs to get to, and um, I would like to play it before the Switch ends, before the the lifetime of the Switch ends. Um, so I don't know, man. You've brought it back onto my attention. That that's for sure. I wasn't really thinking about it before, but I'm like a lot of people are saying to play it. I'm like, all right. I think I might need to play it, and even before. Even like not finishing the other two games. If any of you guys out there are like, no, Drew, you need to finish the other two games. Like it makes no sense. Like l- let me know. But I'm very much intrigued about uh, about Exandria Chronicles three. But I've got some other games to play, and it also it's also a weird thing for me as well. Like I, I, like I'm still in the I guess experimental phase of doing the House of Mario by myself, and. You know, a lot more pressure gets put on you as far as like, all right, you know, I don't have, I can't play one game and have like two other people playing different games. And, you know, you put them all together, you got three in-depth impressions on, you know, three games. But when it comes to doing this itself um, or by myself, I'm very much like, all right, I need to, you know, try and work out a way to do my coverage as best I can. And, you know, the last couple of weeks, I haven't been playing much and it, it is what it is. I've, I've got other things to manage as well. But, um, you know, do I play Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for two months and not play anything else? Uh, so I've just, I've just got to balance, you know, the games out as, as best I can. And, um, you know, when it comes to early next year as well, like will people want to hear anything on Xenoblade Chronicles 3? I'm not sure. Not sure. And that's something I'm thinking about with, like, Persona 5. Like, Persona 5, it it is a brand-new game for Nintendo um, players, but it's a game that's been out for, you know, five years since 2017 on PlayStation 4. So, yeah, I don't know. It's something I'm thinking about, but um, at the moment, yeah, definitely Bayonetta and Persona, um, Nier Automata, Pokemon. There's a few things in front of that. So, yeah, thank you very much for your question, Luke. It was good to hear you on the show. Next up, we got Wacko Jacko. He's got, he's done some. Well, people in the Discord, he posted it in the Discord. People said it was, uh, it was, it was a good, a good laugh. And he's done his toad impressions on the show before. And uh, this one, the file's called "Totally Toad." Yes, okay. <laughs> so let's hear from Wacko Jacko. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, is God. this the house of Mario? Oh, fucking cross. Is, is anyone, anyone here? I'm trying to try to call into my favorite podcast show. But anyway, I guess I'll just leave a message. Oh, God, Toad. <laughs> oh. It's really hard to stay in character when your throat doesn't wanna, you know, commit to the bit. Anyway, what do you think of Toad's Row? Is gonna be in the movie coming soon. I think I'm gonna play a role where I'm gonna be giving my all damn um, tutorial tips he needs to get to the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, yes, I hope to be a really big celebrity, a great movie star after this movie has been released. Oh Jesus Christ! Well, I hope you um, I hope you didn't bloody blow up your throat too much there, wacko Jacko. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So to- Toad's question there was. What do you reckon Toad's role is going to be? And I don't know, just from the little bit of footage we saw that, you know, he's basically Mario Sherpa through the Mushroom Kingdom. I guess Mario in this universe, he doesn't have knowledge of the Mushroom Kingdom. Everything's new to him. He'll see a Goomba. He'll see Bowser. He'll see Princess Peach. He'll see just everything that's going on in that really wacky world. It'll be brand new to him. He's just a human that's fallen into this world and Toad's like, come with me, come to the Mushroom Kingdom. Hey, that's a good idea. Should I try? What's, what does Toad sound like? So that was Wacko Jacko's impression. What's my Toad impression? Hey, everybody, it's me, Toad. Well, okay. Something like that, I don't know. Um, but I guess uh, Toad is going to be the comedic Sherpa through the Mushroom Kingdom, basically interpreting um, you know everything that's in the Mushroom Kingdom to an audience that doesn't know what the hell's going on. Like, for us, you know, we see, we have a look around and even, like, in the the poster for the Mario movie, we can see, like, oh, that's an item from Mario Brothers 3, that's an item from Mario Brothers, like, oh, sorry, Super Mario World. You know, we can see all these little Easter eggs, but for, like, a little kid, like, is that, <laughs> looking at a Goomba, they're like, is that, a, is that a poo? Like, what is what is that thing? Um, I think Toad would be there basically, like, describing, you know, just translating it for your, I guess, brand new audience to the, the Mushroom Kingdom, which is pretty cool. It's kind of like, you know, you watch like a lot of anime when you're a kid and you're watching like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. There's a big battle going on and, uh, you know, you usually have like Brock, like, oh my God, um, Pikachu's like drawing electricity from the clouds and there's going to be a massive Fondershock coming out. And then like he does it and is like, Oh no, <laughs> what was the episode of Pokemon where, um, you know, Pikachu was versing a on and it's like, go for the horn. It's like, no, you can't go for the horn. You can't use the horn as a conductor. He's a ground type. It's not going to work, but it did. It did. So I think uh, Toad's going to play a, a role kind of similar to that. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for your question there, Wacko Jacko. I'm sorry I couldn't get that up quick enough for you. Because, uh, yeah, didn't work in the Google Doc. And I put it in the Google Doc. So, yeah, <laughs> my fault. So um, if you if you guys would like to submit an audio question like that, you can go to uh, the House of Mario Discord. You can find a link to our Google Drive and you can put in your submission there. You can also put in your submission on twitter.com slash thehouseofmario where typically I put up a, a post asking for questions and that. I didn't this week because I didn't. A bit lazy. Sorry about that. <laughs> but that brings us to the end of episode 237 I very much appreciate your time and uh, you know you supporting me and the house of Mario it really does mean a lot to me that you guys you know just took the time out of your day maybe out of your night maybe you've fallen asleep and I'm just playing in, in your airpods just uh, getting rid of the, the dead silence that um echoes throughout your life I don't know I hope not I hope you're going well <laughs> But thank you very much for listening. Support from you guys means the absolute world for me. And you make this house a home. You truly do. But until then, the doors to the house of Mario, they're closed. i will catch you later. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that a second time. <laughs>